Support for Across the Blue Ridge comes from Great Outdoor Provision Company, where staff members camp, hike, paddle, and climb, springing into the new season with styles from Patagonia and Cool. GreatOutdoorProvision.com It's Across the Blue Ridge, the great little show that nearly everybody loves. I'm Paul Brown. Farewell Blues, the old Earl Scruggs classic on the five-string banjo, but performed there by Kevin Church leading his band on an album called The Patuxent Banjo Project from Patuxent Records' interesting collection of old-time and bluegrass banjo playing. I'm Paul Brown, so glad to have you along on Across the Blue Ridge. We've got a lot coming up, including some ballad singing and some classics of the bluegrass repertoire to start things off this week. And here is Bill Monroe with a classic if there ever is one. Uncle Penn, when's the last time you heard him play this? If it's been a while, this is a good time. Let's listen. Oh, the people would come from far away. Till the break of day, when the colder hollered, do si do, you knew Uncle Pin 
Lord, how we bring you here to talk, you hear it sing. Called Soldier Joy and Money Cold Boston Boy. The greatest of all was Jenny Lynn. To me, that's where Fiddlin' begins. Late in the evening, about sundown, on the hill above the town. Rock up and play the fiddle, Lord. I would ring, you could hear it talk, you could hear it sing. That mournful day when Uncle Finn was cold away They hung up his fiddle, they hung up his bow They knew it was time for him to go Late in the evening about sundown On a hill above the town Uncle Finn played the fiddle, Lord, how it would ring You could hear it talk, you could hear it sing Oh, dear mother, I'll come home 
Latin Scruggs, Lester and Earl with Some Old Day, one of their classics from the 1950s on Across the Blue Ridge. Before that, we heard Bill Monroe's equally classic Uncle Penn. And the Earls of Lester, a play on the names of Lester and Earl, are back with their second album. Their first one out in 2014. Now they've got a new one called Rattle and Roar with more interesting repertoire from Flatten Scruggs. And of course, the fiddler in the Earls of Lester, Johnny Warren, is the son of Paul Warren, who played fiddle with Flatten Scruggs, Lester and Earl, the Foggy Mountain Boys, during their heyday in the 1950s and 1960s. Let's listen to a couple of tunes. One sounds really old-timey. It's called Buck Creek Girl, which is also known in southwestern Virginia as Old Dad, or sometimes called the Wild Horse at Stony Point. And then we'll hear a song.
I think she's sorry what she's done I think she's sorry what she's done Come back to town with her little head bowed down I think she's sorry what she's done Oh, the girl I love don't pay me no mind Girl I love don't pay me no mind Sweetheart divine, put your little hand in mine Girl I love don't Don't Pay Me No Mind. On Across the Blue Ridge from the Earls of Leicester, their new album, Rattle and Roar. Before that, we heard another cut from the album, Buck Creek Gal. I introduced it as Buck Creek Girl on the way in. Well, guess what? She's a gal, not a girl. My mistake. And that's, that tune goes by a lot of different titles, but it's an old timer, that's for sure. With just the fiddle and the banjo right there, Charlie Cushman and Johnny Warren, sort of replicating an old Flatten Scruggs rendition of it from back in their TV show days in the 1950s and 60s, when they do an occasional banjo and fiddle number to take things back, old-time music, as they were forging ahead with the new genre of bluegrass. Well, the Earls of Leicester, descendants of this original band, in a way, with Johnny Warren, the son of Fiddler Paul Warren of Leicester Flat and Earl Scruggs and the Foggy Mountain Boys in the band, like to uh, pay tribute to the Foggy Mountain Boys and the early traditions of bluegrass, while at the same time picking out repertoire that is not as well known as as, uh, some of the things that you might think of as Flatten Scruggs specials. So the album is quite interesting, and Sean Camp is uh, taking the lead vocal role, kind of giving homage to Lester Flatt. Charlie Cushman is the Scruggs-style banjo player right there, and the whole thing has been organized by Jerry Douglas, who plays dobro and reminds us in a way of Josh Graves, who pioneered the dobro in bluegrass, but once again the band takes this old repertoire and just puts its own stamp on it, and a lot of people are enjoying seeing these guys out and about on the bluegrass circuit these days. It's Across the Blue Ridge. I'm Paul Brown. Glad you're here. In the twilight when the shadows are falling At the close of a long, weary day in a fancy, I hear a voice calling. It's my old pal of yesterday. Oh, pal, I'm so blue since you left me. Life's been a burden to bear. I wonder, old pal, if you miss me. I wonder if you still care. Yesterday 
ripper will cause in the wild wood to his mate to his drifting away then my heart rambles back to my childhood hide my old pal of yesterday yesterday Jody Stecker and Kate Brislin on Across the Blue Ridge and we'll be back after our break with lots more good music some ballad singing and some stories all the things you expect from Across the Blue Ridge produced in collaboration with WFDD Public Radio Winston-Salem North Carolina stay with us Support for WFDD and Across the Blue Ridge comes from the Blue Ridge Music Center, presenting the Joe Wilson Memorial Music Festival, featuring performances by Jerry Douglas, the Whites, Allison Krauss, the Jeff Little Trio, and more. Friday, September 2nd, on the Blue Ridge Parkway. Details at blueridgemusiccenter.org. And from Farm to Feet, 100% American offering made-in-America socks designed and manufactured in Mount Airy, North Carolina, using U.S. materials, U.S. manufacturing, and U.S. workers. Retail locations at farmtofeet.com. 
It's Across the Blue Ridge. I'm Paul Brown. And here's Sheila K. Adams, North Carolina ballad singer with The Wagoner's Lad. The heart is the fortune of all womankind. They're always controlled and they're always confined. Controlled by their parents until they are wives. Then bound to their husbands for the rest of their lives. I am a poor girl and my fortune is sad. I've a long time been courted by the wagoner's lad. He courted me truly by night and by day. But now he is loaded and driving away. Your parents don't like me because I'm poor. They say I'm not worthy to enter your door. I work for my living, my money's my own. And them that don't like me, they can leave me alone. Your horses is hungry, go feed them some hay. Come sit down beside me as long as you stay. My horses ain't hungry, they won't eat your hay. So fare thee well, darling, I'm for driving away. Your wagon needs grease and your whip is to men. Come sit down here by me as long as you can. My wagon is grease and my whip's in my hand. So fare thee well, darling, I can no longer stand. Oh, I can love little or I can love long. I can love an old sweetheart till a new one comes long. I can hug and can kiss them and prove to them kind. I can turn my back on them and also my mind. I'll go to yon mountain, the mountain so high, where the wild birds can see me in passing me by, where the wild birds can see me and hear my sad moan, for I am a poor girl and my lover has gone. Sheila K. Adams of Western North Carolina with the Wagoner's Lad. It's been a hundred years since an Englishman named Cecil Sharp came to the southern mountains and collected hundreds of ballads and songs from singers in Sheila's home community of Sodom Laurel in the western mountains of North Carolina and elsewhere in the south. There are lots of events around the world celebrating Sharp's trips, which started in 1916 and concluded in 1918. And we'll be paying some attention to the legacy of Cecil Sharp's work and the survival of ballad singing in the American South over the coming years. Sharp arrived in the mountains in July of 1916. Not long ago, I joined Sheila K. Adams and Branson Raines, one of her young protégés, at the Bluff Mountain Festival in western North Carolina. And we talked about the ballad collectors, the tradition of balladry, and we heard some wonderful singing and playing as well.
Here are some excerpts from our afternoon in June of 2016. 1916, there was a scholar, a literature scholar, an early folklorist in England. The gentleman's name was Cecil Sharp, and he was having trouble making a living. He had been documenting old-time songs of England, the old traditional songs, because he felt they were being lost. And he did a magnificent job, but he was having trouble finding people who were interested in what he had to say. And so he decided that he would come to the United States of America and try to spread the word here and do some presentations here in the U.S. and also find out a little about the old songs and tunes and whether and how many had arrived here in the southern mountains and what they sounded like. And that is where we bring our friend Sheila K. Adams in, a dear friend of mine. We've known each other since we were just barely old enough to vote, which That's is about exactly five right. years ago. Yeah, right. and, well, at uh, least so for me, I know you're a lot older than I am. Paul, That's right. So. And I make sure to look it. <laughs> but uh, it was Sheila's relatives and friends and the members of her community in Sodom and Laurel and her ancestors who encountered Cecil Sharp when he arrived in this region in 1916, 100 years ago. And Sheila, I have long wanted to know what the old people told you about that visit because you were young and a kid listening to everything that they said and I've just long been curious what they thought about it and how it went for them when this Englishman showed up in the mountains. Well, it was, it was really interesting because he, um, uh, he was in Boston at, or right outside of Boston at a place called Pine Woods down in Buzzard Bay, Massachusetts. Which still operates. Yes, I'm going it's there this going, summer yep. in a couple of weeks. Yep. And uh, he was there visiting his good friend whose name was Mrs. Starrow. And uh, Mrs. Starrow's good friend had just moved down to western North Carolina uh, with her husband to establish a folk school and that would be Brasstown, what we all call Brasstown now. It's John C. Campbell Folk School. And his wife, Olive Dame Campbell, was a, uh, was a folklorist, but mo more than that, she was a musicologist. So she started going out into the community there around Brasstown, where the folk school is, and discovered there were still a lot of mountain people that were singing the old songs. So she noted out, the music out and the words, sent them to her good friend, Mrs. Starrow, up in, at Pine Woods. Mm -hmm. And that week that she got the letter, just as luck would have it, Cecil Sharp was there. And she showed him what her good friend, Olive Dame Campbell, had written about Western North Carolina. And Sharp was back the next summer, ready to go south. He spent a total of 46 weeks in uh, the mountains of uh, the Southern Appalachians and uh, collected hundreds of songs and over a thousand different tunes for the songs that he collected. So he had a, had a secretary with him whose name was Maud Carpelese. She was a young woman and she um, would take dictation for the words while Sharp wrote down the music. Well, immediately the folks over there around home decided that, uh, that her and him were took up and... Uh, <laughs> And that uh, then word got around over home that, uh, that he had to be a German spy because he wore a white suit with a little string 
tie and uh, acted like when he walked he hated to get his feet muddy. You know, Doug Wallen told me that. Yes. One time. Burzil, his mother, Doug's mother, and Granny Dale, my great aunt, and Debbie Norton, her grandmother, they were young singers with great voices at that time, and they would not sing for Sharp because they thought he was a German spy. And somebody asked him, said, well, how did you know that he was a German spy? And she said, well, every word you spoke, that woman was writing it down in some foreign language. She was writing it down in shorthand, and they thought it was a foreign language. And so, but now there were some people over there that did sing for Sharp. Uh, Mary Sands was my great, great aunt. She sang a bunch of uh, songs for Cecil Sharp. And the last time he came up there, she was like eight and a half months pregnant and was working in the garden. And she sang uh, over a dozen songs for him, eight and a half months pregnant in July and August. And it's always really touched my heart that in 1916, they were over uh, at Mary Sands' house singing while across the ridge on August the 6th, 1916, uh, Mary Sands' niece, which was my grandmother, was giving birth to my mother. Would you sing us one of the old ballads, and then we'll talk a little more, but I'd love to hear something that Cecil Sharp might have heard oh, on I, one of those early visits. Absolutely. I'll do the one that actually he was sing, or Mary Sands was singing for him when my mother was being born. Sheila K. Adams on Across the Blue Ridge. Give her a round of applause, folks. So what's on your mind? I'm going to do uh, one that's called My Dearest Dear. That's the one that she was singing on August 6th, 1916. Now, it might have been August 5th, now that I'm thinking about it. But either way, uh, my grandmother was uh, either in the process of labor or giving birth to my mama. So this is the song called My Dearest Dear. My dearest dear, the time draws near. When you and I must part And no one knows the inner grief Of my poor aching heart Or what I've suffered for your sake The one I love so dear I wish that I could go with you or you might tarry here. I wished your breast was made of glass, and in it I'd behold. My name in secret I would write in letters of bright gold. My name in secret I would write Believe me when I say You are the one I love the best Unto my dying day And when you're on some distant shore Think on your absent friend And when the wind blows high and clear a line to me, pray, send. 
And when the wind blows high and clear, pray send it love to me. So I might know by your hand right how times has gone with thee. Sheila K. Adams. So, you know, you were talking about collecting songs, uh-huh. and you mentioned sort of in passing that they were writing them down, right. the music, writing the music, writing the words, but it's good to think for a moment about how hard it must have been to get back into these mountains in 1916 with no automobiles, right. no electricity, right. No actual way to record. When we talk about collecting now, you flip on a recorder that's right. and you take it home and that's it. You're done. But they would have gone to people's homes on foot, most likely, back in this yep. country. And yep, they would go. Uh, they came into Asheville on the train and, uh, and Sharp, even in his introduction to the book, uh, Folk Songs of the Southern Appalachians, or English Folk Songs, excuse me, of the Southern Appalachians, he, uh, he complains a lot in his diary mm-hmm. about how his feet get wet and he's constantly uh, dealing with uh, allergies. And he uh, is also, you'll get a kick out of this, vegetarian. Now, back in 1916, my people knew how to cook, but the way they cooked is that everything went into either a frying pan with fat back grease in it or it went into boiling water with fat back grease in it. <laughs> and then they would eat the fat back along with whatever meat that they happened to be fixing. So and you sh- needed it for all that, the work you right. were doing, right? And Sharp complained and complained and complained. But he, um, he really had some issues as far as his health went. I mean, he wasn't a young man, but they literally would walk from one place to another. But when they changed communities like they went from Little Laurel over to the head of Shelton Laurel they actually rode a stagecoach and they stayed at the Presbyterian settlement schools as much as they could at night and went out into the communities during the day. Got another good song you feel like singing uh, Sheila? Sure. Do you want me to do uh, one of the songs that Mary Sands did? Oh it'd be great. What do you all think? You think so? I think so. Okay, <laughs> Sheila K. Adams, what's this one going to be? I'm um, trying to think of one that wasn't absolutely, you know, 94 verses. Uh, come in, come in, my old true love, and spend this night with me. For I've got a bed, it's a very fine bed, and I'll give it up for thee. Thee, I'll give it up for thee. Oh, I can't come in, or I'm not coming in, to spend this night with thee. For I've got a wife in the old Scotland, this night she waits for me. This night she waits for me. It she pulled out a little pen knife. It being both keen and sharp. And she stepped up to her own true love. Stopped him through his heart. Heart she stopped him through his heart. 
Woe be, woe be, Lady Margaret, he cried. Woe be, it's unto thee. For there weren't no wife in the old Scotland that I loved any better than thee. Thee that I loved any better than thee. She has a total change of heart then. Lay there, lay there, my own true love. One hour or two or three. And I will send for a doctor near to save the life of thee, thee to save the life of thee. Oh, it's I can't win or I won't live from the wounds you've given me. No doctor's hand, just God's own hand could save my life for me, me could save my life for me. It she cried out to a servant girl, This thing I'll promise thee, If you'll help me on this dark night, My gown I'll give to thee, Thee my gown I'll give to thee. It she took a hold of his long yellow hair, And the other took up his feet, and they throwed him into the old dry well, which was so cold and deep, deep, which was so cold and deep. Lay there, lay there, my own false love, till the flesh rots off in your frame, and the little old wife in the old Scotland shall mourn for your return, turn, shall mourn for your return. Up spoke up, spoke up, pretty little bird. It gets weird here. All from the willow tree said there weren't no wife in the old Scotland that he loved any better than thee, thee that he loved any better than thee. Fly down, fly down, my pretty little bird, and perch upon my knee. And I'll give you a cage of the purest gold. Sure beats that willer tree. Tree sure beats that willer tree. Oh, I won't fly down, nor I'm not flying down to perch upon thy knee. For you just murdered your own true love. Now the same you'd serve to me. Me, now the same you'd serve to me. Oh, it's I'll go to get my arrow and my bow, my arrow and my string, and I'll shoot you through your tender little heart, and nevermore you'll sing, sing, and nevermore you'll sing. Ah, oh, while you go to get your arrow and your bow, your arrow and your string, I'll fly away on my two little wings, and forevermore I'll sing, sing, and forevermore I'll sing. Young Hunting. Sheila K. Adams sings Young Hunting there, an old ballad, at the Bluff Mountain Festival, Hot Springs, North Carolina, June of 2016, on Across the Blue Ridge. And when we come back, Sheila will talk with us briefly about how she feels the visits of collectors starting with Cecil Sharp in 1916 through 1918 affected the long-term health of balladry in the Southern Mountains. 
We've got that plus lots more music. Stay with us here on Across the Blue Ridge. Support for Across the Blue Ridge comes from the National Folk Festival, announcing its 2016 dates, September 9th through 11th in downtown Greensboro, North Carolina. Three days, seven stages, and more than 300 artists celebrate America's living traditions. No tickets required, nationalfolkfestival.com. And from the law offices of Timothy D. Wellborn, dedicated to helping clients and committed to community involvement since 1994 on the web at timwellborn.com. It's Across the Blue Ridge. I'm Paul Brown. We've been considering the ballad tradition in the southern Appalachian Mountains with Sheila K. Adams, a traditional singer from western North Carolina, visiting with her at the Bluff Mountain Festival in Hot Springs, North Carolina, in June of 2016. We've heard some ballads. We've had a little conversation about the appearance of the English collector Cecil Sharp and his companion Maud Carpeles in 1916. They made a few trips through 1918, and many other collectors followed. I asked Sheila Kay for her viewpoint on the effect of these visitors to the mountains, starting in the early part of the 20th century, on the survival of the ballad tradition. She started with a recap of what Cecil Sharp wrote he found in the Sodom Laurel community where Sheila Kay herself was raised. He found in the Laurel country people who were not polluted or jaded by industry, who spent uh, more of their time actually participating in life than trying to work, save money, and putting off the experience of life until they could afford it. So they were in the present. Yes, they were. They were living in That's the present. Right. And he said that was one of the reasons he felt like the songs had survived in the Laurel country when it, they were disappearing everywhere else. And uh, he also mentioned that there was a sense of community in the Laurel com- country that he didn't find in many other places. Well, now you grew up right as I did in the generation after World War II mm-hmm. and all the changes that it brought. What was the community like then? Because there were still some ballad singers and some song singers when you were growing up. That's how you learned. What, what was life like then compared to, say, the way it is now? Oh, Lord have mercy. Uh, well, back then, by the, now, I was born 1953. My sister, June, was born in 46. Mm-hmm. And uh, so June, the first four or five years of her life, uh, they didn't have electricity or indoor plumbing or anything. Daddy said things didn't really change start changing over there around Sodom until after the war around 1950. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said they didn't have any roads or telephones or none of that stuff. And he said that uh, they, when he was a boy, when he and Mama were coming up, that they, they would have square dances all over, uh, all over Sodom over there and go to different houses. Now, when I was growing up, we would always go down to Clarence Gunner's house and... Uh, Peter Gott would come from over on Shelton Laurel, and he would call square dances for us. And then, while they, when they finished, when the dancers and, as Granny used to say, the musicianers yeah. got tired, they would quit, and the people would start singing songs. Now, Granny said it almost died out two or three different times. It got a little kick in the butt when Cecil Sharp showed up and made a big deal over these songs that a lot of them knew. Well, then in the 30s, 
who was Frank C. Brown, I think, came mm-hmm. came up to Beach Mountain and made a little trip over this direction. And uh, so that gave it another little boost in the 30s. Well, in the, the 50s, Alan Lomax showed up, and uh, he came back in the 60s. And again, his last time was in 1982. And in between that was John Cohen. So we had a lot of collectors that were coming into the community and out. And when you say it ga- that gave it a bit of a boost, yes, it what did. are you saying? It sounds as though you're saying that even here, there was a little bit of danger to the tradition. And in a way, it was helpful that people who had not grown up here noticed that there was something of real value, and that was communicated back into the community. Well, yeah, you know, it's like any other kind of thing that you do, whether it's quilting or, you know, uh, making apple butter. or You can take it for granted That's right, you take it for granted, especially when everybody's singing around you. you Mm -hmm. So, um, but what they had a tendency to do, the collectors would come in, they'd spend a lot of time with the community, and then they would leave. And then they would send one of them a copy of whatever it was they did. And so that would galvanize the next generation to learn it. And uh, Sharp predicted that the tradition of singing a cappella ballads would be extinct in the Laurel country by 1950. Sheila K. Adams talking with us at the Bluff Mountain Festival in Hot Springs, North Carolina, June 2016, about the visits of music collectors, starting with Cecil Sharp from England in 1916 and their impact on the survival of the ballad tradition in that part of the Southern Mountains. Here's one of the people John Cohen heard, and Sheila mentioned John Cohen, who was also a member of the New Lost City Ramblers and did quite a bit of music collecting and photography and filmmaking in the Southern Mountains from the 1950s on through the 80s. Deli Norton is the singer here. Sheila often calls her her granny. She's actually an aunt. The song, clearly an English ballad that made the trip to North Carolina. The Silk Merchant's Daughter. Silk Merchant's Daughter From London United came I love the porter Sweet William was his name So my brother being established So this I do understand Said sister don't you have him He's neither house nor land. Oh, sister, if you won't have him, you're his two handsome gowns. Besides two more, I'll buy you the best in Cumberstown. This filled her heart with sorrow. She stepped aside and cried. Saying, how can I prove false hearty and my true love deny? Instead of any friendship, all on him I must frown. So I'd give all the silks and saddles that ever crossed the sea. So freely would I give them. And my friends would all agree. Oh, what's the matter, Polly? What makes you look so sad? 
have I give you any reason or cause you to be mad? If I give you any reason, it never was my intent for you the only girl I ever loved. The late Deli Norton of the Sodom Laurel community in Madison County, North Carolina, singing The Silk Merchant's Daughter, a ballad that made its way from England to the New World. John Cohen made that recording in the 1960s and released it along with others on the album High Atmosphere. Deli was a great aunt to Sheila K. Adams, the National Heritage Fellowship winning ballad singer we've been visiting with this hour on Across the Blue Ridge. Sheila recalls learning the ballads from Deli, whom she called Granny as a child, verse by verse. The tradition continues as Sheila passes on ballads to a young man named Branson Rains. When I met her, um, she sang this song f- for me, but come to find out that my, my papa used to sing the same thing. And so that made me wonder about my family's tradition. And about, you know, so I went and visited with my papa, and he would tell me about all the people in the family that played music and that, you know, that used to sing some of these old songs. And, you know, when I met Sheila at Merle Fest, we just became best friends instantly. So therefore, you know, I, I said, Sheila, I want to learn the ballads. I want to learn banjo. I want to learn the stories. I want to learn it all. Yeah. Teach it to me. I am an open book. <laughs> I mean, not an open book. I'm an empty book. <laughs> so, so teach it to me. And uh, she said, well, I'll do that. So um, every night, you know, about every week or so, I sit on her porch and we sit knee to knee in the old time way. And she sits in a chair and I sit in a chair across from her and she teaches me a ballad. And uh, how does that work? Oh, she sings. She sings one one line, and then I have to sing that line, and then she'll sing the next line, and I have to sing both the first and the second line, and then it gets to a verse, and then she sings a verse at a time, and then I have to sing from the very beginning to that verse, and that's going to be pretty interesting when I learn Lord Bateman, which has what ninety six verses. That's going to be interesting. Would you, the two of you like to do something, or together, or one or um, the other? Just let's Do you want me to sing something, Sealy? Well, if you want to. I'll try my best. I'm a little nervous up here. That's all right. You're among friends, Branson. What do you think? Thank you. This, uh, this is one that Sheila taught to me in the car. I think she taught me about two or three on that long trip. But uh, let's see if I can get through it. This one's called Pretty Fair Miss, and this is the first ballad that Sheila ever learned. Said a pretty fair miss all in her garden, and a handsome young soldier come a-riding by. Said, could I impose on a fair young maiden who never in Wait, that's not right. I'm and sorry. And ask her for my bride to be. Said a pretty, said a handsome young soldier standing by the gateway. A man of honor you may be. How could you impose on a fair young maiden who never intends your bride to be? Said, I've got a true love, yours gone to the army, and he's been gone for seven years long. And if he stays gone seven years longer, 
No man on earth could marry me. Perhaps your love yours drowned in the ocean. Perhaps he's on some battlefield slain. Perhaps he's taken another girl and married. His face you'll never see again. Well, if he's drowned, I hope he's happy. And if he's on some battlefield slain. And if he's taken another girl and married, why well, love the girl that would marry him? His fingers being long and slender, into his pocket they did go. Said, here's the ring that you once gave me before you left me here for the war. She wrapped her lily white arms around him and straight before him she did fall. Said, you're the man that used to court me before you left here for the war. Said, I've been on the deep sea sailing and I've been gone for seven years long. And if I stayed gone seven years longer, no woman on earth could have married me. Branson Reigns, across the Blue Ridge, sitting right in the mountains where these songs have continued for over 100 or 200 years since the earliest European settlers. And Branson Reigns also turns out to be a very fine fiddler. He's a good banjo picker as well. He's been learning some from Sheila K. Adams. The three of us got together on stage with twin fiddles, Sheila playing the banjo on an old-time favorite, the Arkansas Traveler. Sheila K. Adams, Branson Rains, and yours truly with a little bit of the Arkansas Traveler at the 2016 Bluff Mountain Festival in Hot Springs, 
North Carolina. We'd like to thank WART Radio 95.5 FM and Charles Rice for the Bluff Mountain Festival recordings used on this program. Also, our thanks to the festival staff and to the Madison County, North Carolina Arts Council and its director, Laura Boozinger, for inviting Across the Blue Ridge to participate and to host the onstage session with Sheila K. Adams and Branson Rains. Thanks for tuning in to Across the Blue Ridge. Here is the Sacred Throne, Sheila K. Adams and friends. Another one she learned from her granny, her Aunt Deli Norton, in the Sodom Laurel community of Madison County, North Carolina. I'm Paul Brown. Come back and join us next week for Across the Blue Ridge with more great stories and songs and tunes from the Southern Mountains and far beyond. Support for Across the Blue Ridge comes from Great Outdoor Provision Company, where staff members camp, hike, paddle, and climb, springing into the new season with styles from Patagonia and Cool. GreatOutdoorProvision.com